five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That's more like it, right? That was the real shit. That was the real Elvis right there. Uncut. In his martial art peak, you could tell he was ready to go. He was he was in his stance most of the time, unless he was kissing the women in the audience. You know, it's really, I think it's the first time I've ever stopped a song. And I fucking hate propaganda. I don't care what the propaganda is. Like, I would always cringe when I, if I would watch an NFL game and I'd see ads for the army. I fucking hated it. It's like, you, you know, you guys are being psychologically manipulative. And you're recruiting. You're recruiting young men who are fired up watching the the gladiatorial spectacle and hoping that on Monday they run right down to the recruiter's office and sign up. That's propaganda, and I didn't dig it. I liked it even less when I was at a game, which wasn't always that often. I've only been to maybe a handful of football games in my life, like live football, pro level. I've been to some college games. But, you know, I've talked about it before where they'd have the opening – ceremony deal national anthem fly over post 9-11 i couldn't stomach it so i'm just not a fan of propaganda period either way one side or the other and that version of elvis was propaganda suspicious minds oh oh we have to recast that and by the way i want to see fucking elvis i didn't want to see the story of illicit love, one that burns across racial lines and stereotypes. <sighs> guess who coming? Guess who's coming to dinner? Was like what late sixties? It's nothing revolutionary or new. But it's manipulative as hell. And it's also like, well, let's just take a dump. Let's take a dump on this institution by doing this, right? You know that's part of it. That that's that's part of the wokiness of it. But why couldn't they have something else? You know, I mean, if they're gonna go down that path. You know, why couldn't they go in a different direction? They could have gone Mississippi Masala, Denzel Washington style. That's suspicious minds. Very suspicious minds. But no, it's got to look a certain way. Conform to the uh, current stereotype. Push the buttons. Well, I pushed the button. And I said, no moss. Man, I like that Elvis suit. Pretty cool. Right, Jasper? Jasper, you're kind of the Elvis of cats. Although you're not fat enough now. Yeah, you're not fat enough. You're you're still kind of Honolulu version Elvis. He was still in pretty good shape then. Just like you are. Anyway, uh, we got a short show today. I know I'm running behind. 
um, I had my virtual checkup. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's a really interesting addition to one's life to work with a functional me medical doctor who, you know, looks at all your levels and all this other stuff and says, well, you're kind of high here. You're kind of low there. So let's, uh, let's get you compounded out. Right. And, uh, so that's what I was doing is my annual check it but it's so icy here that normally uh i would drive to the doctor's office which is in uh wimberley but today was via phone because of the conditions i'm okay with that i'm good with that. how is everybody we had a really uh crack in astro weather today and i wanted to kind of follow up on the topic of andrew breitbart because i think he's worth talking about and he's a seminal figure in kind of American culture, history, and politics. I don't necessarily completely agree with all of Andrew Breitbart's positions, to be honest with you. Uh, but I do respect the fact that as a true Aquarian, he cut against the grain and went from literally being kind of raised at the teat of liberal Hollywood uh, social progressive elitism, because that's where he was raised. He was raised in the bosom of the beast. He's from Brentwood. And he was around all those people and all those parties and all those positions. And that at a certain point in time, uh, he had a major epiphany and the switch was flipped. The difference between just somebody like me, because uh, I had the same experience when I lived in California, and this was around, I think it was around like 2007, 2008. And I began to have this, uh, it, was it was already there, but I began to have a bit of a sea change in how people in California, specifically where I lived, which is, you know, near Berkeley. And then I would hang out in Marin County, you know, how they viewed the rest of quote unquote America, like flyover. So I started to have a, a, a bit of a change with that. And I began to see how, in a lot of ways, how narrow-minded and elitist, a lot of these people were, and they couldn't even comprehend having a connection or a conversation with anybody from flyover. So I'm like, it's something just switched. I was, I, I really was around 2008, 2009. I began to put these pieces together, 2010, 2011, it's really kicking in. And if you go back and look at some of my articles that I wrote during that time, which are on my website, buried, unfortunately, but they're on my website, you'll see where I was at in using astrology to kind of go through, use it as a laser beam to go through culture and history, which, you know, I still continue to do. And what's interesting is like a lot of the things that I was saying back in the 2010s are all happening now. And and I know what I've said. I know what I've written about. And it's like, I don't, you know, how, but I don't know that other people know what I've said or written about because it was such a long time ago. But in my head, I've already said it. I've already been there. So I have to, uh, at times, you know, hit the re rewind button and bring some of the stuff up, not because I want to be validated, but because it's in the air, right? It's circulating now. And I, I would say that a lot of the ideas that I was um, floating around were definitely ahead of the curve. And now it's all catching up, right? It's, it's starting to catch up. I'm going to be a part of this Aquarian High Council, which is a very highfalutin name. I agree with you, Mishi. Uh, 
this weekend and it's a bunch of astrologers who are maverick astrologers and uh eric francis is going to be there and eric has always been there he's i think eric's an aquarian if i'm not mistaken so he, you know it's interesting to watch aquarians kind of flip which is what breitbart did he did the aquarian flip all right so we're going to get into a little bit of breitbart today and i think the strengths of his legacy and in a lot of ways the weakness of his legacy you you know you look at somebody like breitbart and you ask yourself what would he have been like if he was around today you know would he be the leader of a movement or would he in true aquarian fashion flip back again and look at the conservative world and conservative movement because he really identify with being a quote unquote conservative. So there's a really interesting interview from uh, his early days when he's on C-SPAN. And I'm going to play some snippets of that interview. And I want to comment on some of the things that are, that are brought up inside that interview. Because to me, it shows some of the inconsistencies in, in Breitbart's positions. But when you're a hardcore conservative like that, you have to adhere to the same version of the party line as it's unfolding as the left does. Like there's a catechism and Breitbart has to adhere to the catechism. He's very good at deconstructing the lies of the media. That's probably one of Breitbart's strengths. And Donald Trump, it's almost as if they're, they're, there couldn't be, in some ways, a Donald Trump without Andrew Breitbart. The Trump as we came to know Trump. And because he piggybacked on all of his ideas, and Steve Bannon is the bridge. He's the bridge. And Steve Bannon, of course, takes over Breitbart when Andrew Breitbart passes away. So there's the ideological bridge. And essentially, Bannon is kind of mainlining um, the populist message and the fake news message and the media manipulation manipulation message to Trump. Now, to Trump's credit, I think he knew a lot of these things already. Trump was very media savvy. If you go back and you watch his interviews with people like Larry King, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. It's not like all of a sudden he put on a different set of clothes. You know, there when Trump spoke seriously about issues of inequality, trade imbalance, uh, America, he, I don't think he's doing it to posture or to curry favor with conservatives at that time, because it was really um, not very politically correct for him to do that. Because the world is is floating high on this, you know, helium cloud of globalism and theoretical free trade, which it really isn't, but it was free enough for the multinational corporations. So when Trump gets into uh, America being screwed by Japan and later by China economically, he's kind of throwing down against the globalists. He says Americans are getting screwed, and he's not wrong. He's certainly not wrong. So there are there. Trump is a weird, enigmatic figure to kind of wrap your hands around, and it's that Sun Uranus conjunction in Gemini, which you know gives him not just two sides, but he's got you know a hundred sides, hundred different sides. All right, but we're going to talk about Breitbart today, and we don't have a lot of time. I'm only going to go to uh, ten forty. I'm sorry, eleven ten. 1110. So um, let me uh, do a quick shout out to True Hemp Science, um, who is, of course, the sponsor of the show. And if you're here from Astro Weather, thanks for being here. If you're not here from Astro Weather, thanks for being here anyway. So I'm not going to spend a, a lot, lot of time today just talking about True Hemp Science, but we'll say the product is good. It's effective. It's extremely well thought out, um, intelligently crafted, organic CBD, 
right out of Austin. The 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 people that that uh, provide uh, the hemp for the CBD are are they're not in Austin. So Chris has his sources and he knows them all quite well. He oversees all the production, the bottling, everything. So when you buy product from True Hemp Science, it is soup to nuts. You can even get the owner on the phone. How many other businesses can you do that? And this is why I love to promote True Hemp Science. It's a great partnership. And if you spend $100 or more, uh, just add 15MINS when you check out. And you'll get uh, some free product and it's truehemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. That's truehemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. All right, Chataria. I normally jump in there and do a little meet and greet, but because we have such a tight window today uh, and I want to just see if we can get as much showtime as possible, I'm just going to say, Thanks for being here and I acknowledge all of you simultaneously and um, have a fun time in chat. All right, let's get into Andrew Breitbart. This is what you need to know about Breitbart. Now, do I think that Andrew Breitbart is possibly a great American? I would say yes. I would say yes. Because he understood principles about what it is in the abstract to be an American. And in Breitbart's mind, it was to adhere to a certain set of values. And for him, it was conservative. He played around with libertarianism. But at the end of the day, he was like, no, we need an orthodoxy for this thing that we're up against. And the thing that, that you know, we have been up against for a very long time isn't just the liberal left, Hollywood elite, progressive. No, we've, we've been put to sleep, narcoticized, traumatized, and entrained into a system, demoralized too. I don't want to leave out demoralized. And entrained into a system that is plunging us headfirst into the realm of a totalitarian techno surveillance state that is kind of it's unparalleled and at its root they're, and they're using socialism slash communism as the battering ram who's behind all of it it's the same people that started the revolutions in france started the revolutions in uh bolshevik russia the civil war has their fingerprints on it. It's the same group of people, right? And who, who are these people? Well, they're filthy rich oligarchs and bankers who control both sides of the dialectic. And when it suits them, they will tear systems down. They'll always use communism and socialism as the battering ram. And you know, the, the big question is, does it work? You know, I think of a country like Vietnam. And a lot of people don't realize Vietnam is a communist country. You can't a communist slash socialist. I don't know where one ends and one begins in Vietnam, but you can't own any property in Vietnam. And yet they have a healthy manufacturing base. They're starting to displace China. There are a lot of American expats that live there. So they're quite happy taking expat money, people starting businesses. So I wouldn't really call it completely socialist communist in the same way that we would look at, say, uh, you know, the height of the red tide in Mao's China. It would not, it's not the same. It's certainly not the same as it was in Russia. 
So I'm not sure that that's an actual um, winning example of the type of system that is uh, rapidly being promoted, which at this point in time, the it's like, no, tear, tear the old one down. That That's just the main order of business, tear the old one down. And honestly, there are parts of the old system need to be torn down, but those aren't the parts that are, are addressed, right? They're not the parts that are addressed. Conveniently, those parts are left out of the discussion. Like the United States as the bully of the world, the military industrial complex, what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on with Russia, what's gone on in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya, the endless wars that have been perpetrated by the neocon think tanks who are now right in the thick of whatever's going on in Ukraine and Russia. And when you go back, and we've done this before, when you go back and you you look at uh, what happened in Iraq, and it's, my God, you know, the, the, the Kimberly Kagan, uh, I always get her husband's, I guess it's Donald and Robert. I think Donald's the older, is the father. They were freaking running strategy. They were running strategy with uh, Petraeus. They were running strategy. You think they're running strategy? Because they are in Ukraine, right? They, they're up to their eyeballs in Ukraine. And you think they just decided to stop running strategy? Yeah, right. These are the things that are never talked about. These are the things that if you're going to, you know, tear something down, that needs to be torn down. And I could list others, but we're limited time. So check this out. This is uh, the roots of Breitbart. Breitbart News Network, born in the USA, conceived in Israel. There's a very young Andrew Breitbart. And then down here, a Bibi Netanyahu. A lot of people don't realize this, but Breitbart News Network really got a certain Jerusalem. It was the summer of 2007, and Andrew had been invited to tour Israel as a part of a media junket. I need to tag along, I agreed to tag along as his lawyer and best friend. What neither of us knew at the time was that the trip would change our lives and give us inspiration for Breitbart News Network. Perhaps it was because we were in such a historic place or because I was energized by the courage of the Jewish people in the Holy Land, or maybe it was the alcohol at cocktail error, but I said yes. We were blown away by the spirit, tenacity, and resourcefulness of the Israeli people on that trip. Say what you will about Israel. They've got their priorities straight, and they never deviate from their priority. By the way, that's a tourist country. They're fixed. Andrew could be quite convincing, not to mention inspiring. And I decided right there and then to throw away, my mom's phrase, a perfectly good, successful, and safe career in order to start a new media company with Andrew Breitbart out of his basement in my home office from that humble beginning, Breitbart News Group, Breitbart News Network. One thing we specifically discussed that night was a desire to start a site that would be unapologetically pro-freedom and pro-Israel. That's the model now. That is the model. So if you're going to be pro-freedom and pro-nationalist and pro-conservative, you can't have it without this other part. We were sick of the anti-Israel bias of the mainstream media in J Street by launching Breitbart Jerusalem. The journey comes full circle and a promise between two friends is fulfilled. And in a very real sense, Breitbart News Network returns to its roots. Larry Solov is president and CEO of Breitbart News Network. That was from 2015.
So my big question is, well, why can't we have something like that without having to attach ourselves to another entity, another country? I don't care what the country is. Israel, Venezuela, Solomon Islands. I guess that's China now. Like, why, why, why does it always have to be connected to the quote-unquote bastion of democracy? And I get it, right? It's like, oh, it's inspiring. Yeah, there's him. Even Royce White, who, by the way, is an acolyte of Steve Bannon. Royce White is, in some ways, the new Andrew Breitbart. And I and I and I bet Steve Bannon, who has been mentoring Royce White, sees that. And Royce is a really bright guy, and there are times when he's on uh, Jason's show where he's pretty amazing. Royce can put together the big picture in a very unique way. He can be very frank. He's got a lot of life experience. He's super conscious of it. He loses the plot when he talks about what I'm talking about. He takes the Breitbart line. He takes the Bannon line. And my, my, my feeling is why? Because it's the only thing in the world that exists that people can look to that's nationalist, that has borders that kicks people out that they don't like? Is that is that the reason why? Isn't Russia the same way? How come we're not feeling the same way about Russia? Russia's nationalist. It's theoretically a democracy. I don't know what kind of democracy Israel runs. It seems very convoluted to me. I have, I have not dissected the uh, internecine uh, blueprints for the Knesset and how things get done there. I just, I, I've tried. It's like weird. It's somewhere between American democracy and a British parliamentarian system. As best as I can tell. Um, but is that it, right? Is that, are, are we... Are Americans who are anti-propaganda, anti-you know, wokeism, you know, you know the, the the menu, right? Is that our only option? Because they're the only country in the world that theoretically practice. I'll tell you what else practices it. China fucking practices it. China's nationalist. China doesn't put up with bullshit. Is it a democracy? No, it's not a democracy. But it is probably uh, the strongest hybrid of an uber-capitalist, proto-socialist state and economy in the world. And if you're uh, a corporatist or you're, you're part of the you know, globalist international banking community, you're salivating over that bottle. Like that's the, for you, that's the best model in the world. Cause you have potentially um, ultimate output and ultimate control. Anyway, I want to get off the, get off the Israel thing for a second, but that's where Breitbart, it, 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 it is, it, 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 it's Genesis is not in this country, but it's profit. Andrew Breitbart is. So I wanted to play this video. It's a very interesting video. And it's from C-SPAN. Uh, it was uploaded 13 years ago. Wow. So this is 2010. And uh, Breitbart had a real hard time with uh, Barack Obama. And I could completely understand why. He didn't have as much of a hard time with people like Dick Cheney and Don Rumsfeld and the absolutely completely corrupt Bush regime. 
And the people that did at that time were the last vestiges of the anti-war left. And Breitbart has uh, no patience for them. So let me play a little bit of this. And it shows you in a lot of ways uh, how bright he is. Clearly, he's a bright dude. And he thinks fast on his feet. And he's not going to be pushed around. Because he has to deal with live callers. But it's also displaying some holes in his game. All right, let me uh, let me play this video. This is him uh, on C-SPAN from 13 years ago. And I'm going to skip around a little bit. Uh, but um, let's start here at the beginning. He'll, he'll give some background. And then we're going to get to the call part. The call part is probably the most interesting part of this. One named Andrew Breitbart, who is publisher of something called Breitbart.com. And before we get to the issues that you... Uh, talk about. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you hope to accomplish. That's a difficult one to answer. That's <laughs> why I don't even have business cards, because I don't have a, a title. I, don't, I, I, I guess I, I do a lot of new media. Um, I have a website, Breitbart.com, which is a news aggregation source. Mm-hmm. Um, in all the years I've been on the internet, uh, all I've cared about were the news wires. I figured out that that's where the action is when you watch CNN and Fox News and somebody breaks in with a story and they act like somebody in that building actually discovered that story and reported on it. It's invariably the Associated Press or Reuters and and I also have Agence France Press, the French news wire, and the three of them in my mindset uh, keep me up to date in, in this, you know, 24-7 news cycle. So I created a that website in, in 2005 just for the newswires, but the goal was to brand myself. I, I, I didn't want to do it in my name, but my father-in-law and my neighbor across the street, uh, Mike Silver, said I was crazy not to do it in my name, and I, I don't regret it right now. But what I wanted to do was create a news organization from, from the bottom up, and I realized that the way to do it was with the newswires. And so what I've been doing over the last year is create a series of group blogs. That's the next layer in, in my plan. So we started one called Big Hollywood. That was the first one, and we just that, that was in January of this year. And we're launching, we launched Big Government uh, on September 10th uh, uh, with, the, with the Acorn story. So that's the second of a series of group blogs. The model is to have an editor in charge of that subject that knows that subject. I was a C student in high school. I was a C student in college. And before a big exam that I knew I was going to get a D on, I needed to find the best person in that class who took the best notes. And that's why I'm, I'm applying that skill set, uh, finding the best expert on that subject. The editor of uh, Big Hollywood is John Nolte. I called him during the Super Bowl this year. I said, hey, John, are you watching the Super Bowl? It's a pretty good game. He goes, no, I'm watching Sudden Impact. I said, good hire. He's 24-7 Hollywood. He understands Hollywood from a center-right perspective. There are a lot of people in Hollywood that are center-right. They're just silent about it because they're fearful of the repercussions. So I wanted to create a website that told the American people and, in fact, the world that it's not just Janine Garofalo's Hollywood. There's another side to it as well. Big government was the second one, and we've just this week uh, secured that we're probably going to do about three more by the end of the year. You mentioned uh, Acorn. Mm-hmm. There's this Acorn headline in the Washington Post. Duo release another video of their meeting with Acorn Worker. Latest footage has audio of two conservatives, but not of the staff member. You're also quoted in this piece as saying, Acorn has lied every step of the way. Bring us up to date on Acorn through your eyes. Well, James O'Keefe came to me, the filmmaker, having created a set of videos uh, in which he dressed up as, um, or he, he established a, uh, a premise where he was trying to help create a brothel featuring underage prostitutes from uh, El Salvador, ages 13 to 15. He went to a series of acorn offices to try and get loans and to try and see how see if Acorn would facilitate this preposterous scenario. And when he showed me these series of videos, I think it would be hard for uh, Eric Bollert 
or David Brock at Media Matters, who are critics of this story, if they were legitimate journalists and they saw a series of these videos in which at every single one of them, uh, multiple people often in, in the videos agreed with the premise of trying to help the pimp and the prostitute establish the, uh, the prostitution ring with underage girls, you know, from, from a foreign country, that, that I would imagine that, that in, an, in a sane universe they would think, this is newsworthy. Um, if it were an undercover operation of the NRA in which uh, people presented themselves to be racist and wanted to figure out a way to turn an AK-47 into an you know, automatic rifle, and the NRA said, this is all you have to do, I would imagine that they would think that that's news. I would, and I would figure out a way to put that out there. But understanding the media the way that I do, I'm a 24-7 news junkie, is I understand that the media has inherent biases. It's not a conspiracy. It just happens to be the truth. It's, it's an organic thing. The type of people who go into journalism want to save the world. I get it, and that they lean to the left. And I had to craft a strategy to get the story out so, it, so that it would go above, uh, so it would go past the media matters of the world would, uh, and the Huffington Post of the world, which act as a firewall to protect the media from covering legitimate stories. Let me jump in and put the phone numbers on the bottom of the screen for Andrew Breitbart of uh, Breitbart.com. He is publisher. Republicans call 202-737-0001. Uh, Democrats, your number is 737-0002. And Independents, 202-628-0002. Our guest graduated from Tulane University, 1991. Where did you grow up? Uh, Los Angeles, West Los Angeles. What were your, and who were your influences, and, and how did uh, your way of thinking change over the years, if it did? Uh, my influences were solely comedy when I was growing up. I was a David Letterman addict. I, my license plate, embarrassingly enough, was late night. Um, I'm shamed by that. It's, it's, I, I don't think I've ever said that publicly, but certainly people in my past know that. Uh, and and uh, Dennis Miller, those were probably my two favorite, you know, the two most important influences in my life. And I, I, I was not a political person, but I believe that being a liberal, especially in Los Angeles, especially in Manhattan, uh, New York, the types of places that I grew up spending time in are default cultural liberal places. And so I considered myself a liberal up until the point I graduated college. And, and then I had an interesting epiphany. And how, what, what, what was that? When did it happen? What were the circumstances? Oh, it was the Clarence Thomas hearing. It mm. changed my life. It changed my life. How so? And, and it put the fight in me. Uh, I, I, I came to the Iran-Contra hearings uh, because I like political theater. Uh, I, I was an American. Uh, I was a, a student, a high school student, who took a summer program, a journalism program, at American University. But it was all a ruse so I could go to the Iran-Contra hearings. Not because I had uh, any, you know, outcome that I wanted. I just wanted to say I was there because I felt, uh, I felt gypped that I wasn't able to attend Watergate hearings. So <laughs> I, I went to the Iran-Contra hearings. So when I graduated from college, um, I, I was waiting tables at a hip restaurant in Venice, California. And, I, and after work, I, I would race home to go watch the, the, the Thomas hearings. I wanted him to go down based upon the premise that the media set up, that this guy was a serial sexual harasser and basically a monster among women. I remember Barbara Boxer and Patricia Schroeder and a series of women all wearing red uh, standing behind Anita Hill, and I wanted to see Clarence Thomas taken down. By the end of the week, in which I watched no evidence come out, it was mis mystery evidence. It was is that you don't understand what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. But when the worst thing that, that came out of it was that in all the years that she was with him, going job to job to job, getting raised, getting promoted, the worst thing that he ever said at one point, allegedly, was he said there's a pubic hair on a Coke can. I, I remember thinking, this is it? And Ted Kennedy and Joe Biden are asking, are, are asking this man? So Joe Biden plays a significant role here in the harassment of Clarence Thomas. And when you when you hear what he's talking about, uh, Boxer and Pat Schroeder uh, standing behind uh, Loretta Loretta Hill, right? Um, it's like tactics right out of where we are today. 
This is this is what happens now. It was happening then. It's happened for a long time. But again, this is the propagandistic theater. And so this is what changes Andrew Breitbart. Let's keep going here. Oh, whether or not he's rented pornography or knows who Long Dong Silver is. And I, I did not understand a world. I couldn't understand what Ted Kennedy, of all people with his background, you know, Lothario, Chappaquiddick, kind of a, kind of a known, you know, carouser, that this guy had the gall to go after Clarence Thomas. I said, what does he know about the NAACP and the media that they're not going to attack him for being a racist, for going after a man who was raised by his grand grandparents and who, who was raised by sharecroppers, who was experiencing the epitome of the American dream? And once I saw the paradigm, and I, 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 that's why I call it the Democrat media complex, he implicitly knew that his political career was safe from the media for attacking a black man on national television. To the calls and the issues now for Andrew Breitbart, Gaithersburg, Maryland. John, Republican line, thanks for waiting. Hi there. Hello, Andrew. How you doing? Hello. Uh, Rush Limbaugh failed to meet my expectations on a daily basis by mistakenly identifying the media as the state-run media. In reality, he should be con uh, labeling the Senate and Congress and the president as the government-controlled media. Because it's obvious that if Rush is telling the truth every day and the media is telling the 80% uh, of the American people that don't listen to conservative talk radio something completely wrong, then if the media were telling the truth, then we wouldn't have this, these liberals in government that we have. So isn't the real problem the media? And you seem like a pretty brave guy. You went after ACORN in a pretty good way. Simply put, if we separate information, news, entertainment, and commentary from advertisement, and they have to operate in the true free market system, What's they the will question? be completely wiped out. Because we've reached a time in, our, in, in the history of our country, Andrew, where we have to decide whether we want to have the free market principles and the constitutional ideas. And if we do, then we're going to have to separate advertisement from information, news, entertainment, and commentary. Or we're going to let these, the media who's controlling Obama, Pelosi, and Reid, they're going to take over our country. And we're going to lose our equal ownership of this country to elitist-controlled socialism. Got the point. No question but a comment. It's Any a, reaction? It's a thesis. Uh, I, regarding uh, Rush Limbaugh, I had a strong feeling that this administration was going to be heading down this path. Uh, to be when it first started to attack Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Rush so that caller is interesting because he brings up some points about who's driving who. Is it the media? And the guy said socialist elites. That's pretty interesting. I don't think he's that far off the mark. Socialist elites who are driving the likes of Obama, right, Biden, or is it the likes of Obama and Biden that's driving the so-called liberal media? And he's bringing up some interesting points. And, and I think when he talks about separating out money from news, because the money influences the news, I don't think he's wrong. Now, a Breitbart is going to turn on the guy here. Here he goes. Right, right out of the gate. I believe that was in February. Uh, and now we find ourselves in, in October, and they're isolating Fox News. Uh, this reminds me of the college campus from whence uh, Barack Obama and much of his minions have come, uh, the politically correct campus that I graduated from. And these type of Stalinist, you know, anti-free speech uh, tactics uh, are familiar to anybody that graduated from a public institution. And to demonize, uh, to demonize Rush Limbaugh and to use false quotes against him, as CNN did, uh, to label him a racist, which is the worst thing that you can label a person in this country. Uh, it's the it's the battle of my life. It's it's all I care about. I I eat, breathe, and sleep this stuff, and I want to defeat anyone uh, that would, uh, you know, that would that would unfairly malign people. The 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 Sarah Palin's, the George Bushes, the Michelle Bachmans, the the Joe the Plumbers, the Carrie. Okay, so he just 
railed off uh, an interesting litany there. The George Bushes. Sarah Palin is an MK Ultra beta kitten. Now, Andrew Breitbart does not, he didn't traffic in conspiracy. But if you went a couple layers deep with Sarah Palin, he would understand that she was plucked out of, maybe he did. Sarah Palin was plucked out of obscurity by neocon William Crystal. Crystal said to McCain, this is your, this is your VP. Michelle Bachman, you know, kind of a slightly interesting conservative Christian, more than likely ties to the same country that helped start Breitbart. But it's, it, so when he, then he throws in Joe the plumber. Joe the plumber has nothing in common with George Bush. Nothing in common with George Bush, except for maybe fixing his plumbing. That's it. So Breitbart has an interesting kind of idea and group to defend, which in my estimation, many of these people are not defensible at all. And I'm not a leftist. Let me keep playing this. Prejeans. What do all these people have in common when the full weight of the media goes after these people to malign them, to destroy them? That's the power of the Democrat media complex. I can't think of any other person. Uh, a Republican is, is, there are two paradigms. They're either evil or they're stupid. Over and over and over and over and over. It's the template that the mainstream media does. It has to end. Um, we have Democrat on the line, Kevin from uh, Bethany, Ohio, Ron, with uh, Andrew Breitbart. What do you say? Oh, man, I tell you, what I think is, I'm very nervous, so please forgive me for being stuttering a little bit. But when all those names he just named are people who have an agenda against the left, the left cares about people, the right cares about money. Now, you didn't say anything when George Bush was president of the United States, and people were being arrested trying to protest outside of any meetings he ever had. People bring guns to Obama's meeting. They didn't get arrested, sir. The right is wrong. The left is right. And you people are so evil, it's unbelievable. You sit there and defend Michelle Bachman, Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly. They're all liars. And you are crazy. I tell you, this country has got me to where I don't like Republicans anymore. I won't associate with them. We're getting into a deep divide in this country because... This is the beginning of it, right? This is the beginning of where we are now. And it's all happening under Obama. And look, George Bush helped. George Bush left the kindling and the kerosene, right? He left kindling and kerosene, and Obama brought the matches. Because of the lies on the right, and the left tried to defend itself. Now, you, mm -hmm. a C student, obviously. I'm sorry. I'm very, my hand is shaking. You got me so upset. Carla, let me jump in and get a response from our guest. Yes, that's the power of the media to create that perception that we're evil. I mean, how, how did I or Ron Silver uh, or Dennis Miller, what is it about we apostates, those who have who, gone from, there's no reason why a person who grew up in Brentwood, a, a secular liberal Jew like me, who, is, who was bathed in secular liberalism and the left and the fundamental default belief that liberals are the feeling good people, that, you know, and the Republicans are the evil people. I grew up with that perception. I grew up being told the people in flyover country are stupid. Why on God's green earth would Dennis Miller or me or any of these other people dare to go from one side to the other? It is, a, it is an act of conscience. Uh, it, it has hurt my social life. It has hurt familial relations because on the left, whether it be on a college campus, whether it be in Venezuela, whether it be in the Obama administration, these people cannot abide by people that disagree with them and they demonize them. And that person on, that, that, that just called trembling is a victim of the Democrat media complex. He has, been, he has been brainwashed to believe that Michelle Bachman, who raised five children and had 23 foster children, and that Sarah Palin, who lives up in Alaska, is somehow some evil monster. That those projections of the media onto conservatives to make me evil when all I want is the best for this country. Uh, what is a motive that I have? Do I want poor people not to eat? I've been accused of that by the Democrat media complex because of going after ACORN.
Atlantic Beach, Florida. Bill, thank you for waiting. You're an independent. What do you have right. to say this morning? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, let, let me make a whole statement and then ask about a question. Uh, I, I work at the video store in Savannah where uh, Clarence Thomas, every Friday night, like a clock, come in and read three videos. You know, you pointed out Long Dog Silver. He bought that one. He, he almost wore it out. He read it so much. But You're a creep. You're a creep. Let me tell you. You're something. a creep. I don't want to talk to this guy. What? Let's move on to Savannah, Georgia. George, you're on the Republican <laughs> line. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Well, well, well let, me, let me answer to that before. Sure. What standard is he going by? The, the, the concept of the right to abortion is founded on the premise of a right to privacy. And they trotted out, allegedly, that he had rented a pornography simply to embrace him. What is this good, open-minded liberal trying to do by bringing up that, that he rented pornography? That he's a hypocrite because he believes in Christ, that he likes sex? I don't understand. It's to destroy him. And the fact that Ted Kennedy and Joe Biden worked in concert with the mainstream media to get this guy to believe that this is a, a salient talking point that can be used in perpetuity to destroy Clarence Thomas, again, is why I fight what, the way I fight. Here's a uh, Twitter question for you. Does Breitbart think Fox News is not legitimate because they aren't an arm of the Democratic Party? Is that a double negative? <laughs> I don't, uh, I, well, is, I, can you ask that again? Because I, it, the, the, the not threw me Show off. Show it again. Does Breitbart think Fox News is not legitimate because they aren't an arm of the Democratic Party? Well, that's, well, of course, of course. Um, right now, the, you, According to Josh Gerstein in Politico, the article in which they were talking about the White House's strategy to go after Fox News was based upon the fact that they covered the Acorn story to defund it. And so, right, it wasn't on NBC. It wasn't. And I appreciate the. Here we go. For Helen Thomas and the Nation magazine to be a little bit creeped out by this. Let me uh, go to George now. Savannah, Georgia, Republican. Good morning. Yeah. Thanks, sir. I've waited, and I appreciate the man there. But I did want to say this. Uh, if the media was really all that biased, I just got a couple of comments to make. Uh, I think we really have a conservative media, because you look at it, Glenn Beck and Ann Coulter get on covers of national magazine like Time and Newsweek, but the real left, which is like Noam Chomsky, is an absolute genius. He's never been... On any kind Did of you just magazine. come on the Republican line? Let me, mm -hmm. let so me he go used the false premise of being a Republican in order to get into this, in, into this conversation. Let him, let him, let him just finish up Why? He, he came in under the false premise that he's a Republican and he praises Noam Chomsky. Call her quick response that's and an, then we'll That's an illegitimate means of getting into We still have Rockefeller Republicans. And I want to tell you one thing. If Anita Hill was telling the truth, then all this stuff about Clarence Thomas is true. He shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. Thanks. Mr. Breitbart, anything you want to say there? You can ask me the same question afterwards. I just don't want to grant him the, uh, the ability to, to this is, this is.